Welcome to City Stories, the podcast by Energy Cities. I'm Miriam Eisenman and I'm your host. This podcast is for those who want to learn how cities go about with the energy transition, how they take action with courage and creativity. In this episode, two energy experts based in the east of France join me to share their plans for an energy community in the city of Besançon, which counts around 120,000 inhabitants. So the experts who join me are Annick Lehmann-Tron, who is a renewables expert and works for the local government, and Mireya Matencio, who is legal advisor at Opal Energie Naturelle, a renewables company based in the same area. Together, they want to operate energy production in an entirely different way. And what's most important, they want to boost the involvement of citizens. It is exciting to see how well the city and the private sector perspective converge. Hey, Mireya and Anik, welcome to City Stories. Can you quickly introduce yourself and share a bit about your respective role? Um, Mireya, do you want to start maybe? Hello, thank you very much for your invitation. My name is Maria Matencio. I am a dual qualified French and Spanish lawyer, and I work as legal counsel at Opal Energie Naturelle since 2018. And I like to consider my job as a mission consisting of processing legal barriers into new opportunities. And that's how we started working in the field of energy communities. And we decided that we cannot wait for the total transposition of the European directive. So here we are trying to develop our fifth project in Besançon, our headquarters. <laughs> nice. So you're really impatient to take action. That's something that I like. What about you, Anik? Can you present yourself? Yeah. Hi, thanks. Um, I'm happy to be with you. Well, for me, I'm Anik Lehmann, working for uh, Ville de Besançon. I recently started a new mission for, for the city. Um, which has a main project uh, of a self of of a self consumption activity mm -hmm. uh, which is quite a challenge as Maria said to to push to push forward uh, due to the structure of the project and the national legal framework um, so the idea of my of my mission is to pave the way for <laughs> for other similar projects okay so Great. This time we have so a city person, which uh, is you, Anik, and, and a company person, Mireya. That's really nice. I think it's the first time that I have this kind of combination of interviewees in my show. And we're going to get to the challenges that you just mentioned, Anik, uh, in a minute. First, I wanted to know from you, Anik, what is the local government uh, of Besançon already doing in terms of renewable and citizen energy? And also, where do you want to go in the end? Actually, there are quite a, the, there's a list of projects of ongoing projects. Um, in August this year, there were the delegates of Besançon uh, City and Metropolitan the, the Conurbation mm -hmm. um, set the objective of creating a stronger technical and financial partnership to step up in the in the renewables and ener renewable energies. So the main on ongoing projects are um, uh, several photovoltaic shelters in parking lots, um, one solar farm on an industrial wasteland. There are some projects that we share uh, with um, Opal Energie Nouvelle, 
that uh, maybe Mireille is, um, will, will speak also about them. Uh, the solar farming and industrial waste uh, for dams surrounding Besançon, that is thanks to the neighboring river uh, Le Doux. Mm -hmm. um, also, photovoltaic energy awareness in urban communities and um, collective self-consumption um, all together with uh, energy advice in vulnerable households. This is the main project in which I put my motivation to make it work. Mm -hmm. uh, but all the previous projects are willing to have a share in, in one way or another, a share with citizen participation. And okay. regarding where we want to go, um, in order to have a clearer vision for the um, further steps, we are setting the guidelines for applying the the PCAET, which will be the equivalent of the Sustainable Energy and Climate Action Plan in so English. Plan? Mm -hmm. That's for the regarding where we want to go. And the, Nice. Okay, so there's already quite a nice dynamics um, in, in and around Besançon. Uh, and so we have motivated companies like Opal Energie Naturelle uh, on board. Mireia, you, so you also participated in the digital collaboration lab that we organized with the support of the European Climate Foundation. And you did so because your company would like to start a joint project with the city of Besançon. So what type of support or input do you expect from the city? Um, well, from our experience uh, developing wind farms, uh, solar plants and biogas units, we know that the success of a project relies on the local implication. Electric representatives play an enormous role in energy transition. And in addition, uh, the city of Petenson is very lucky because it has a team of experts working towards energy transition like Anik and also all her colleagues. So we expect from the city of Besançon to be the engine of this project, this citizen project. Really helpful starting point. Thank you for that, Mireia. I, I take the opportunity actually to also remind listeners that uh, Besançon was actually one of the founding members of Energy Cities Network uh, 30 years ago. So there is quite a good experience and really commitment for a long time already. So I guess this this can also help uh, push the project that you have uh, uh, in, a, in a faster way. Mm, now, I, I wanted to ask both of you whether you already have actually previous experience with this type of public-private partnership. Actually, I have a little, uh, um, as I said, when I introduced myself, I'm quite new in the uh, La Ville. So um, the, I would say that it's uh, it's an advantage to have um, a collaboration like this. I wouldn't say that there are previous experiences. It's more um, uh, the type of job that one the public uh, sphere calls the private, not mm -hmm. necessarily working together, but having services shared. Mm -hmm. uh, and this time, maybe it can be something nice to bring together these both spheres working at the same plan, at uh, the same level, um, because of the fast way of doing things from the private sector. And if I can say the, the stronger uh, political force 
um, that is more characteristical from the private from the public sector public. Mm -hmm. to bring them together and see what it what it comes out what comes is. out mm -hmm. what about you Mireya? well from a personal point of view i don't have a very uh, huge experience but opal energy naturel um it makes cooperation projects since the very beginning and that's one of the reasons I joined the team. Mm -hmm. uh, Opal Energy Naturel started developing collective biogas projects in 2010, whereas other developers uh, worked on developing big plants, big units. Uh, Opal baked on smaller projects led by a group of farmers and local mm -hmm. authorities also in some cases. So we accompany them, these groups of people, with the purpose of making them autonomous at some point. And nowadays, we also develop wind, wind farms and solar plant projects together with local municipalities in which the assets are based. And we propose this kind of cooperation automatically for all of our projects. And uh, the particularity of our, our offer is that we invite local municipalities at the very beginning um, I, I also um, wanted to sh to see if you could share with our listeners actually what the community energy project project is about that you've started to work on during the the collaboration lab. I know it's still in its infancy, but you can probably already say a bit what what is your main the main concept that you're thinking of. Maybe also what type of spaces you will use if it's more public or private, and which type of stakeholders you think can be involved. Um, can one of you start just to draft a bit or sketch a bit the the, the project that you've planned to to work on together? Well. Um... We want the community to have a very big spectrum of missions in order to invite the, the most important number of people as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and the particularity of our, um, our vision is that we want the community to produce local, uh, but also to share this energy. Because mm -hmm. nowadays there are a lot of energy communities or cities and projects, but when they are peeled, when they when they start to produce electricity, they cannot uh, manage mm -hmm. this, this this electricity. Mm -hmm. So um, our main purpose is to make uh, the members of the community to share their own production. energy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And who do you think can be the members of this community? Did you already think about that? Which type of public, let's say, you want to involve? We want to involve uh, municipalities, but also small and medium companies and all kinds of citizens. Uh, revenues cannot be a barrier to get into the community. So it's not only to invest on mm -hmm. projects, it's also to share the local production and to play a role, not mm -hmm. only by investing, but also consuming local and renewable. Okay, so um, this could then potentially also benefit to the vulnerable households that you mentioned earlier, Anik? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to add something. The interesting thing of being together in this lab was that um, Mireya had already worked, uh, had already explored this subject. Mm -hmm. And 
the let's say the plan was a little bit advanced in the in the information and um, on the steps that uh, energy community can take and uh, willing to do an energy community from the city hall was strong so um, it was quite um, pleasing to to work together and mix these two situations and regarding the vulnerable household actually i can go a little bit into detail the project is quite complicated because of the legal framework because it's not easy to group together different actors nowadays there is um there is a situation in france where we can do self uh self-consumption collectively but when it's only one producer, um, one owner, let's say, in a, in a simple way. And we are trying to do here um, with different owners for different people. And in mm-hmm. order to benefit from um, aid, no, how do you say it? From subsidies? National, or... Subsidies, yeah, from, mm-hmm. from subs- subsidies. Um, we need to be um more simple during um yeah structure mm-hmm. so um, this project by wanting to be big and wanting to integrate different actors and make benefits make people from this uh, vulnerable household benefit from their um, uh from the lower costs of photovoltaic energy mm-hmm. all these things together make um make the make the project that is called Planoa Solaire. Okay, so so you you might still need to see how you can simplify or at least um give it the shape that allows you to to give it the the right legal structure and an, an easy rather easy way to to produce and share energy. I and that's something uh, I mean um you know as well as, as I do that it's still extremely hard for for a new, smaller or medium-sized energy producers to share their energy. During the last collaboration lab, we invited Alejandro Gomez from Valencia, and he participated in the the lab that we organized in spring, actually. He is from the local government of Valencia, and uh, which is quite advanced when it comes to promoting energy communities. But Alejandro also said when we talked to him, that it's very difficult to get private rooftops for solar installations to convince actually private homeowners to to provide their rooftops for for solar PV uh, uh, or or thermal solar thermal. How is that in and around Besançon? What is your experience? Um, maybe first you, Anik. From our point of view, um, it's a subject that it it has been discussed in the last months. Uh, because indeed there are other towns and owners that provision rooftops for solar and PV. And here in Besançon, we have a strong collaboration with other departments. And the insurance department has a very strict vision due to previous experience. Mm-hmm. And they insist on on having an assurance uh, almost for full coverage in terms of accident causing complete loss in, in buildings or several damages. So this is one point of attention 
for example, I, I am speaking in the name of um, the city hall. Um, for the for, for um, uh, what's the word for provisioning mm -hmm. for provisioning rooftops, uh, meaning that the local partners who want to do that, who want to who who want to use a rooftop, they would need to have a big assurance in terms of an accident in case something something happens. Um, so this is a matter of negotiations, contracts, and different different solutions. And you've both met with the guys from the city of Iliupoli in Greece during the lab that we did in November. So we had uh, Thanos, who was from the city government, and we had um, Chris, who was from uh, the Electra Energy Cooperative. Are there things you've heard from them that you surprised you, or that I mean they, that stuck in your mind in a in a in a positive or in a negative sense? It's the common vision. I mean, we are far away. We are mm -hmm. not the same actors. I work for a private company. They are a citizen cooperative, and at the end, we all realize that the energy cooperation is only a pretext to cooperate in other fields and. That's what I most appreciate. Anik, do, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. We, I guess that we all agree that the, the framework, the legal framework is not easy. And the main idea or the main value behind the energy communities is the network and the support that we can get uh, related to this specific topic, energy, or even larger, larger topics, vision, values. So yes, I definitely, I definitely agree with with Mileia about this. And it was also interesting how to to see how just being together in the same, giving ourselves the, the time and the space to to work and to discuss about some things can can bring some ideas and can make a project a little bit more um, concrete in a certain mm -hmm. way, even yep. if it's uh, <laughs> still a plan. It's still so, a yeah, plan, but interesting. It's, it's, yeah, it's going to get more concrete, I guess, as you, as you will advance in that. Finally, I have a last question. Um, none of you or even none of the three of us is actually French. I mean, we're all uh, based in France, but none of us is, is a native uh, French person. I don't know how connected and informed you still are about your home countries. And maybe you can remind listeners where you're from because you didn't mention it at the very beginning. I was wondering, is it easier here in France or rather in your home country to engage in energy matters if, if you're a citizen who wants to produce your own energy or even better share it with others? Well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's easier, uh, but the Spanish people do it, as French people do as well. But mm -hmm. uh, for example, in Spain, uh, the electricity, um, the price of the electricity is higher. Um, so we can uh, financiate energy projects with market revenues mm -hmm. uh, and it's easier to make people uh, to engage people in order to develop citizen projects in france we have regulated prices uh, very low and people is very um, 
people rely on on these prices. So it's I think it's harder to make them understand that if we want to work towards energy transition, uh, prices are getting higher and we have a responsibility and we have something to do to, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how to say. Yeah, so, so there are a bit less arguments to motivate people. Yes. Due, due to a low price, right? right? Exactly. And what about you, Anik? Maybe you can also remind where you're from, actually. <laughs> yeah, mm, so I come from Mexico. And to be honest, I hadn't been very, very informed in detail on how it uh, advancing all these uh, subjects in Mexico. There are some good news that um, today there are contracts that allow self-consumption. Mm-hmm. and with different solutions and there's also a positive and negative negative thing at the same time but i only give an opinion because um this as i said before i haven't been updated with the with the information in the last months but um since there is not yet a legal framework Sometimes that can be useful for developing projects in, um, for example, sharing energy. And that's the case in Mexico. Uh, due to the lack of uh, strict rules, it can inspire, it can allow people to do some projects, but it doesn't encourage others that do not know mm-hmm. anything about the subject. So that's what I would say about Mexico. Very interesting. Thanks for sharing this from a a country quite far away. Uh, Anik and Mireya, I thank you very much for this conversation. We already got to the end now. And I wish you great luck in your joint project. Community energy is definitely a well powerful force of change in our local communities and in cities. That's also what you, you were saying. It's kind of a pretext to bring uh, lots of other social, economic, environmental objectives together you're both working towards that in your respective roles and frankly speaking i'm really really glad that we managed to bring you together in the collaboration lab so of course we will follow you to see how you advance uh, on your journey and yeah fine for now i really thank you and it was a pleasure to have you on city stories Mm. our pleasure thank you very much thank you miriam For those who want to learn more about the great potential of renewable energy communities, please have a look at the Energy Cities website www.energy-cities.eu slash topic slash renewables www.energy-cities.eu slash topic slash renewables And if you enjoyed this episode, please tell us and others about it. This episode and the before-mentioned Collaboration Lab were made possible thanks to funding from the European Climate Foundation. The European Climate Foundation is an international non-profit organization and its great team promotes climate and energy policies all over Europe. In 2019, the foundation launched its Energy Democracy Program, which focuses on the support of community energy projects both at the EU and at national levels. Check out their website, europeanclimate.org, europeanclimate.org.